Hello and welcome to the Family Bookshelf. My name is Amber from AmbitionsForChrist.com and with me this evening is my husband Nick, who's the game schooling dad. All right, today I'm going to kind of, I guess, dive into some good nonfiction that I've read on parenting. Um, and I guess it's kind of parenting. Some of are directly related to parenting. Some are semi-related to parenting. Sure. <laughs> um, but I'm going to start off with probably the one that I just read the most recently and I'm enjoying just really enjoyed and Nick got to read it too mm-hmm. and it was called Eight Great Smarts by Dr. Kathy Koch I think it's how you pronounce it yeah I'm hoping I pronounce that right <laughs> um I really enjoyed this book a lot more than I guess I even probably thought I would I I enjoy reading books I guess sometimes about like you know these different you know categories you can put yourself in but it's usually one of those things where I kind of roll my eyes and say at the end of the day like yeah, but what use is that or that's kind of interesting I guess but what do you do with it and I don't know this one I felt like she did a really good job of breaking down some categories to help your kids understand different ways that they're smart. And I think that's something that, I mean, a lot of kids are, sm- you know, everyone is, the, the point of her book, too, is everyone is smart. How that smart plays out is very different because right. we have different strengths, you know. And her whole idea is to try to find the way the kids, because the Eight Great Smarts is different ways kids think, we all, we all <laughs> think and we all process information. And so it's trying to get you to realize how does your child process information and then what can you do to help them to process that information? How can right. you play to their strengths? Um, for example, you know, <clears throat> some kids are others smart or other persons smart. They need other people to talk to and bounce ideas off of. And that's how they think about things. Not necessarily they you know, have to listen to other people or not necessarily they're stealing ideas. They just, when they get excited and they want to talk about something, they go and talk to someone about it. Right. I As, mean, even I think, I mean, we were laughing about it because when you have an idea <laughs> and you get interrupted talking about it, you forget your idea or you get super frustrated because it's like, I, I can't think. Yeah. And you, it's almost funny because if you you can't talk out your idea, you can't think about your idea. Yes, we found, yes, yeah, we thought about it. Like, I actually have a lot of others <laughs> smart, which is odd because I'm probably the most introverted person <laughs> in the world. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, uh, and and it, as, as opposed to that, you know, people smart is balanced off by um, self smart, which is what you are. Right. Uh, Amber's more of self smart in that she wants to go off by herself, think for five or ten minutes, get a good grasp of the situation, think come up with her own idea, and then go to the table and think about it. Right. So it was, you know, it's interesting because there's, uh, there's eight, obviously eight of them. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to be able to name them all offhand like Oh, uh, let's see. <laughs> but it's all about how do you, how do you process information and can you get your kid to process information? Mm-hmm. I think it was really nice to see because especially, and she talks about this, you know, our kids are still at such a young age that they're kind of just processing all of the smarts right now. If like, you know, music smart, people smart, all these different things are still just in their basic stages for them. Like they're just learning it. You know, everyone has a little bit of each of these smarts. She talks about that. And I think that is one of those big things is you have to realize with your kids, like, especially when they're this little, it takes a little, like they're going to be doing kind of dabbling their fingers in all of these and you know we took like the quiz online to see and it's kind of like right now they're kind of just middle of the road you know i can kind of hint at one for each of them and say oh they're probably definitely stronger in (laughs) that one than they are obviously in like this one over here i can i can safely say i know i am not body smart by the way (laughs) i yeah oh boy i was like well there's a smart i need to work on (laughs) i found myself really enjoying this book as well kind of have you started this whole thing i struggle with these kind of things because trying to put people in a box is always very difficult and doesn't really ever work right or Mm -hmm. or well it's never quite people aren't 
that simple to quantify. Right. So, um, but as as I finished, she's like, okay, if you take this for what it is, it's actually not a bad thing. Well, and I will say probably my biggest reason that I loved loved this book so much more than a lot of the ones I've read that are like this, it was done from a Christian worldview. And it's done through the eyes of, you know, God has created everyone smart. You know, God's created you. He has a plan for your life and he wants to use the strengths he's given you and you need to help. You know, you get to come alongside and realize those strengths like with your kids and even in yourself and work with God on what he's given you. And I think that's something that in today's world we're told, you know, oh, you can be anything. And it's like, actually, I'm never going to be great in sports. And that's okay. I would be happy if I can walk up a set of steps without falling. And I would call that a win for my body smart category, I guess. But God hasn't called me to go play sports. Thank goodness. That's not my thing. And I, you know, it's one of those things where I love the idea of getting to come alongside your kids too and just train them that, you know, God's called you for something. So if you're not good in this one area, it's not that you never get out of your comfort zone. But you also realize where your strengths lie and you get to use God and agree with what God's doing with you. And I think that that's a good thing for kids to know. Yeah, it was. That's what, and that's what I felt. I ended up falling for the book as well uh, because I struggled with it at first thinking like, oh, man, this is worthless. I'm looking for gradations of strength in the fact that we all have all of these to some degree. Mm-hmm. So what am I doing here? <laughs> but, you know, you start taking, okay, to be fair, I am stronger in this one than I am in this one, and I, I can see this. And right. If, as I get to guide my kids to adulthood and to careers of their own, it's like, okay, this could be handy and I can see this. It's one of those things that just helps make you more aware of stuff so that maybe you do step back and realize, no, it's not that they're not smart. It's that they have strengths in different areas, you know, especially when it's different than my own, which is harder too. It was was actually kind of a revelation for me to see that I had some people smart. Again, I'm pretty introverted. So when (laughs) I saw these, I thought for sure, oh, I'm going to be self-smart, no doubt Mm -hmm. about it. But it's like actually as I read what she was talking about, no, I am people smart. I need Amber to go to and bounce ideas off of and talk with. Yeah. And it's like, okay, a lot of these things, this is why I get frustrated here. And this is why I get mad here. And this is why this doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, this made a lot more sense than I thought it did. Also, she explained that, you know, someone in my situation, they, they these, these things kind of, um, conflict with each other (laughs) yeah i I need people to think but people also exhaust me and i'm tired by them so it's a catch-22 on some of these it was an eye-opening experience an eye-opening read for me as well i ended up really enjoying that so i would highly recommend it's a great little book an easy read eight great smarts by dr kathy coke all right the next one i'm going to go to is called becoming mom strong this is by heidi st john and She's actually probably become more famous now for her podcast, her run for Congress. She's become <laughs> almost more of a political, I guess, figure in some sense. But when I first heard of her, she was a simple little homeschool mom with a little blog. And she had just written this book called Becoming Mom Strong. And I actually didn't, I was in a Bible study and another mom brought it and said, hey, this one just sounds kind of interesting. It's supposed to be about helping you be a, a, a Christian mom in a world that's, you know, going against everything that's Christian, you know, and how to raise your kids and be faithful in your calling as a mom, be mom strong. And I was like, okay, we'll give that a try. That sounds good. You know, I was pretty blown away. This was one of those books that's like, you know, she doesn't pull any punches, you know, not that she's not encouraging you, but she also, you know, kind of tells it like it is of, you know, I think our culture has let moms become so me centric of like, well, I need to go get a career and I need to have my me time, my alone time. I need to have 
you know, X, Y, and Z to make my life perfect. I need my house to be this way and all these different things. And she kind of is like, step back. That's not what you're called to do by God, you know, and here's your priorities. And you check the selfishness at the door. (laughs) And it was one of those, I guess it's a humbling read because you, you know, one part of me is like, man, I do homeschool. I stay home with my kids all day. Are you kidding me? I am very self. I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not selfish. And then it's like, but I am. (laughs) And she kept calling me out and because especially she also is a homeschool mom that stays at home with her kids all day. So I was like, oh yeah, that one spoke very powerfully. And she does a really good job of turning you back to God's word and encouraging you while also challenging you. And I'd say that's probably one of the reasons that if I could ever recommend any Bible study to a bunch of young moms, I would say go get Becoming Mom Strong because it's one of those books you need to read. You need to be challenged as a mom to step aside from what the culture is telling you. It's definitely something our, stru- our culture struggles with. Yeah. The idea of placing not, not only your kids, but honestly anybody in front of yourself mm. and being willing to step back and say, okay, I am not the most important person in the world, in this, in this room, in this situation. <laughs> I need to take a step back and put mm. someone else before me. And that's yeah. kind of the problem with most of our culture. Right? It is. Well, I mean, just like you, I mean, the other day we were talking about that, of you know, something happened and you were sitting there and you're like, just be servant hearted, be servant hearted. <laughs> and it, it's so true because that's not what we're trained. Like we have to teach ourselves to step back and be a servant like Christ. And that's not our initial reaction. And that's not what the culture promotes. That's not what even the Christian culture promotes not anymore. Really. No. I mean, we promote, you know, go to church and make sure that the music is exactly what you want. The seating's mm-hmm. the way you want. The lighting's the way you want. The child program's sure the way you, you want. that checklist when you go to church. Yep. You know, and they all better match the 244 <laughs> things you're looking for. And they mess up on number 243. We're splitting the church and we're going to start our own church. Right. You know, because their communion cloth and, yeah. was purple instead of red. I mean, seriously i've heard that conversation not joking (laughs) it's bad but it's true and i think that's what you know this book becoming mom strong really did a good job especially taking that into the parenting realm of step back stop being selfish as a mom and rely on god because at the same time she also talks about the fact of you know you're going to go out there and you're going to try to i guess tight fist of like i can do this on my own and she's like nope you can't you can't be a good mom on your own so I think that was a good, the the whole book was just one of those ones. And I'm, it's one of those ones I'm like, I want to go back and reread it a few more times, probably throughout my child raising years, because it's one thing to read it when you have little kids at home. It's going to be a whole different read when I read it, you know, having elementary age kids or teenage kids in the house. And I think it's just going to be one of those ones that she keeps pointing back to eternal truths from the Bible. And that's what makes it such a valuable read. So I highly recommend Becoming Mom Strong. All right, and my final in this trio of, I guess, kind of good parenting and just good books that I'd like to recommend today, it's called Raising Godly Children in an Ungodly World, and it's by Ken Ham and Steve Ham. Most of you might know Ken Ham because he's the founder of Answers in Genesis. He built the um, Creation Museum and the Ark Encounter. He's well known, but he actually has a brother whose name is Steve and they actually work together to write a book about Christian godly parenting based off of the legacy their parents left for them and it's very interesting because I mean it sounds silly but you do you kind of picture like these great Christian men in our day of you know like Ken Ham who you know it's like well 
what what did their parents do that was so spectacular? How did they get to this point? And it's really interesting because his dad was not some, you know, spectacular speaker. He was not some They lived in the like the outback of Australia, <laughs> didn't they? In the middle of nowhere from what Literally I Literally the middle of nowhere <laughs> is what I remember from this book. And what was interesting was he talks about their um where they lived a lot of times, there wasn't really like church options. You had like one church you could attend or you just didn't attend church. And so he said they had some pretty bad pastoring experiences <laughs> through that time there. And if anyone that sat through a bad pastoring experience knows, like, it's rough. And it's rough even if you know you can leave the situation and go to a church with a good pastoring situation. You and, you and I sat through five years of it. It's rough. You added probably another year or two <laughs> onto that as well. I yeah. Mean, it's hard. It's a strain on our marriage. It was a strain on our family. It's a strain on your faith. I yeah. mean, it's it a challenge. rough. And they didn't have any options to go to. Yeah. And so he talks about how his dad, every week after the service, would take the kids with him. And he would go up to the pastor and say, you know, thank you so much for... For preaching today however <laughs> i did want to point out that according to the bible and he said you knew when my dad said according to the bible it was about to get legitimate <laughs> and it's so funny because i can just hear this in ken ham's like aussie accent no less and it's just awesome but he does he shares about how you know whatever his dad did when he was disciplining them when he was going to work when he was you know he said whenever he did anything including listen to a sermon at church he was judging it through the eyes of the scripture you know is this true is this right is this good what does the bible say in this situation and it's amazing to see you know he's like that influenced me far more than you know any powerful sermon my dad could have ever given me or you know he said what's so crazy is he said both his mom and his dad he said they were just very simple people they prayed they read their bible and they lived life faithfully for God. And he said, you know, a lot of people do wonder, you know, what did your parents do that was so spectacular? And he says, they didn't do anything spectacular. They lived faithfully day to day. Now, I think they did one thing. And this is the thing <laughs> I remember most from this book that he talks about. He says it, uh, it, of course, he says it in a much more pithy way. But what he says was, um, just because something is called Christian or says it is Christian <laughs> or claims to be Christian doesn't mean it is Christian. Mm -hmm. So what his parents did was they took responsibility for their kids' spiritual welfare, for their kids' spiritual knowledge and life and growing up. Yes. And we've talked about that a lot too. Just because we send our kids to a VBS program or a children's church or a, you know, an Awanas or whatever it is, just because they call it Christian or it's held in the church doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a Christian event. I mean, you've had experience from when you were a kid. Oh, yeah, there's been many experiences where, yes, just because the event had the title Christian in it, first off, doesn't even mean that sometimes the Bible ever came out. No. You know, it was it was a clean event is what it meant. It was an event where you didn't have to worry usually about alcohol or sleeping around or something crazy as, like as that. As far as the adults knew. Right. You know, <laughs> not where you were, you're probably not going to have the craziness. Right. <laughs> I mean, there was, you know, it, it meant it was like a safe event is the idea. That's usually all it meant was it was a safe social event that you could go to without worrying about. Um, and so I guess... Sorry, to get back on topic here, <laughs> to the book. And he talks a lot about, you know, there are parents and there are, you know, the, the parents' role is to be that, I guess, the, the, the true leadership of Christianity in the family. They have to be the ones. They can't pass this off to the church. They can't pass this off to the grandparents. They can't pass this off to anyone else. And so I wanted to just, 
highlight this book because I think in today's world and the culture we live in, this is one of those books that's really needed by Christians, especially Christian parents. It's a great encouragement to hear from these kids who are raised faithfully to love the Lord. And I just wanted to make sure everyone knows this because this is one of those, another one of those really good books. And so I think if if you're a parent and you're one to read some good encouraging books to help you raise your kids godly and to raise them, I guess, I, I think Heidi St. John was a, to raise them, you know, fold them where they're bent or something was kind of her ex- explanation. These are some of those good books that really get you into that. And so I wanted to just point them out to you today. And I guess we'll see what we see next time. All right. Be sure to find us on Facebook and make sure you like and subscribe um, the Family Bookshelf and message us if you want to have some books that you want to recommend to us too. We'd love to hear about it. Thanks so much for joining us today.